Hey everybody, welcome back to the Exploring Revelation podcast. This is the third episode, and so far we've briefly touched on the the uniqueness and difficulty of the book of Revelation as somewhat of an introduction to the book itself. Uh, last time we talked about who wrote it. We came to the conclusion that there was no reason to disagree with the the early church and the majority of conservative scholars that tell us that the book was written by the Apostle John. So uh, basically, we're just getting some introductory things out of the way uh, before we start uh, the text itself. And there are uh, a lot of introductory things when it comes to the the book of Revelation. We could probably spend just a a majority of the next year talking about uh, matters before we get into the text itself. And I, and I know there's uh, some that are itching to get into the text to have their questions answered. Uh, you can always submit uh, those questions, by the way, uh, if you just want to submit them in, in comments or you can email me. My name is uh, Colt, C-O-A-L-T-R at gmail.com. You can, you can send those there. Um, but I know that some are, are itching to get those those questions answered, to get into to different things about the the rapture and the antichrist and who is all of that. And and I'll, and I'll say at the onset at the onset here that, that my goal isn't to to just hurry up and, and get into those questions. I think they're going to come up in due time, and we're going to talk about them, and we're probably going to spend considerable amount of, considerable amount of time on some of those things. But at the onset here uh there are just some foundational things that we need to that we need to talk about uh that will really help us understand some of those big questions in the text uh later on one of the introductory things that is really important is the the date of the book when it was written uh, when it comes to some of the other books in the New Testament, the date matters. For instance, some would say that there are books that are attributed to uh, the Apostle Paul, for instance, that were actually written in the second century. So that means that the book couldn't have written by Paul. Uh, he wouldn't be alive in the second century. And it, it, it was somebody using Paul's name to give the book uh, credibility. Uh, that was a common practice. So the dates of these books really matter. So uh, when we date the, the books of, of Paul, for instance, there needs to be uh, credible evidence that those books were written in the lifetime of Paul, that they, they were actually written by him. And for those books, I think any reasonable person looking at the evidence recognizes that those books that were written by uh, in the lifetime of Paul, uh, they are said to be written by Paul. Uh, and really, there's probably not serious debate amongst those who are on the more conservative and evangelical side uh, of those things. So uh, when it comes to the book of Revelation, the issue is a, a little bit probably more uh, complex. Uh, not who wrote it, but, but when he did. Right? If you open your Bible, a lot of them, even if it's not a study Bible, it's going to have a little blurb, a little info uh, before the books of the Bible. Um, and if you look at Revelation and you look at the little uh, little paragraph or whatever before the, the book text starts, uh, most of these are going to say that the book of Revelation was written somewhere between uh, 90 and 100 AD. Now, the early church fathers 
some of them would agree to this date. Irenaeus, who we mentioned last time, I believe, says that John wrote the book about 96 AD. Jerome, Eusebius, right? We mentioned Eusebius last time, the great historian, uh, says uh, the same thing, that the book was written about 96. That John wrote the book during the, the persecution of, of Domitians. And that he was imprisoned on the island of, of Patmos at, at that time and, and wrote the book. Now, I said that this issue was, was complex so far. It, it might seem fairly cut and dry. Just agree with the early, agree with those guys. Um, I, I named a few church fathers that dated the book uh, rather late. Now, when I say rather late, 96 is late considering that Paul and Peter died around 67 A.D., so the 13 books that are attributed to the Apostle Paul were written prior to his death in 67. This issue is also complex because, for the most part, the historical Christian church until the, the 1830s believed that a great majority of what was predicted in the book of Revelation was fulfilled in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., I'm guessing you've you've put that together, right? If if they believe that the events of the book were fulfilled in 70 AD, they must have been predicted and written prior to that event. So you can see how important this discussion is. If if the book is dated prior to the discussion the destruction of, of Jerusalem or the Jewish temple, then the events of the book are, are largely fulfilled during that time. If the book is dated after the destruction of Jerusalem, then even though there probably was some relevance to those who were persecuted at that time, a majority of the events that were spoken of in the book were very future to those reading it. And uh, a lot of people would say they, they haven't even happened yet. So an interesting thing, at least I think it's interesting, that historically... The church believed that the events in the book, or a majority of the events in the book, were concerning the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, when the city was destroyed, the temple was burned, the Jews were, were scattered. What, what's interesting to me is that one can go through the book of Revelation and look at specific things that Jesus said would happen to the persecutors of, of the church and, and see how they happened in AD 70. Of course, one might say something like, well, you can make the book of Revelation fit those things if you want it to, right? The, ap uh, the apocalyptical writing style could be made to, to fit just about anything, right? So on the other side of the coin, we have those so-called prophecy experts today that seem to take the book of Revelation and they fit it into what is going on with the world today, right? The newspaper in one hand, the Bible in the other. Something... Um, They've been doing for, for decades upon decades, right? The, there's a book, 88 Reasons Why the, the Rapture Will Be in 1988 by uh, Winslet Edgar. It's a prime example. It was a 124-page booklet that was released on January 1st in 1988 and predicted that the rapture would happen on October 4th, I believe. Uh, of course, we don't want to fall into that same category with the, the date of the book and, and say only that it was written before 70 AD because many of the things described in the book can be made to fit uh, the events of Jerusalem's destruction. Um, we, we don't want to fall into that same category. And 
but we also realize that we need to we need to look at the evidence and, and decide when we think the book was written because that has a major implication on the understanding of, of the book itself. So in, in Douglas Kelly's commentary on the book of Revelation, he lists uh, six reasons from the, from the book itself, from the book of Revelation itself, that would really seem to indicate that the book was, book was written before 70 AD. So this is what we call internal evidence. And, and I feel that this evidence is, for me, remarkably compelling. Uh, first, uh, Jesus tells the Apostle John that he will come soon in judgment to deal with the situation oppressing the, the Christians in the seven churches. Right in, in Revelation 1, 1, we read, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. Soon take place. And then in verse 3, For the time is near. What we have here, what uh, has been called time frame references, and, and I think I'll probably do an entire podcast on on those time frame references, right? These here and, and some others that that point to this because they're so interesting. There are so many things in the Bible that we just often skip past, and really, these time frame references are some of those things. It's really amazing that. Many of the, the eschatological passages or end times passages uh, that we read in scripture are connected to time frame references. For instance, right at the onset of the book of Revelation, we are told uh, in, the, in the span of just a few verses that the things here will take place soon. And if that is the case, it would make sense that the, the events of Re the book of Revelation would pertain to the events of 70 AD and not the events that are thousands upon thousands of years yet in the future. Um, by the way, uh, there are time frame references uh, throughout the book of Revelation. And, and not only the book of Revelation, but all through uh, the New Testament concerning uh, the, the coming of, of Christ. Phrases uh, in the book of Revelation like, I am coming quickly, or the time is near. Th those things are repeated. Second, a second point that, that Kelly makes is he's, he asks an important question in his commentary, and, and that is, what is meant by his coming? We, we mentioned that, that Jesus says repeatedly that he is coming quickly, but what does that mean? Some assume that they, they know what that means, or they just read into that meaning. When we look at how the word is, is often used in the Old Testament and how it, it's also used in the New Testament, we could easily say that the, the coming here means a coming in, in judgment. For instance, in, in Revelation 1-7, where we read, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who had pierced him, and all tribes of earth will wail on account of him. Again, we, if we interpret that the coming here, not as his, his final coming, but his coming in judgment, then it does seem to indicate that the events described here are the ones in, in 70 AD, which was a, a judgment on uh, the, the Jewish world. And we'll get more into that later. Third, and going along with this, 
Kelly points our attention to, to the Olivet Discourse, or Matthew 24 and verse 34 specifically. In the middle of, of what is called the, the Olivet Discourse, uh, some have called it the mini-apocalypse or mini-revelation, this verse says that this generation will not pass away until all of these things are fulfilled. And of course, the, the context for that passage is the destruction of uh, the Jewish temple. Jesus says right at the onset there that, you know, look at, look at these stones. They're going to be uh, scattered, you know, and the disciples come back and ask, well, when are these things going to be? So, and then Jesus goes through and, and tells these things and he uses uh, apocalyptic language. So the idea is that those living at this time in about 33 AD would experience the coming of the Son of Man in judgment. I would say that the book of Revelation, as well as other passages, speak clearly about a, a final and, and coming of, of Jesus. Don't, don't misunderstand me that, um, that there's only one coming of Jesus, and it's a coming of Jer Jesus in judgment at, at 70 AD. That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I believe that, that Jesus is going to come again. I think the Bible makes this extremely clear. But I think the point here is that we do not need to read a final and ultimate coming of Jesus into every passage that mentions Jesus' coming. We have to use some, uh, some discernment there in, in understanding what is actually meant in that specific text. We don't uh, make a practice of reading into the text, but letting the text speak. A fourth point that we need to make here is that in Revelation 11, 1 and 2, we read, well, just let me read that. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who are worshiping there. But do not measure the, the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. So... You can see clearly here, I think, that it seems that the temple is still standing. Uh, some might suggest, well, this is some future rebuilt temple. But there's really no reason to believe that. Again, that's just reading into the text things that aren't there. And that subject, I mean, it's something we're going to pick up later on, of course, when we get to this, this passage. But just a side note here, if the temple had been destroyed and, and John would have uh, been asked to, to go and, and measure it, he would have been shocked. Also, it would be extremely strange that such a, a cataclysmic event, such as the destruction of the temple, isn't mentioned in the book of Revelation. If, if the book was written in the late 90s, for instance, we're saying that the temple's destruction would have been taking place less than 30 years prior to that, and it doesn't even get a, a mention? That would be like us writing the, the history of, of New York and, and making no mention of the destruction of the a World Trade Center in 2001 at the hands of terrorists. Uh, not conclusive evidence, but it is odd. And then in Revelation 17, we see a, a reference to seven kings or Roman emperors. And the book of Revelation seems to have been written during the life of the the sixth one and if one starts with julius caesar and then uh counting then then nero would be the sixth king and, and he would be alive at the time which seems to fit with with our timeline um i'll, I'll let you read that text in revelation 17 verses 9 and 10 that seem to point that out a, a final point that kelly makes in his commentary 
is that the, the imagery that is used in the book of Revelation fits with the Jewish war in 70 AD. For instance, the, the reference to, to horses and, and swords. So, some have suggested that what was pictured here is a, a war that is yet future to us, but yet military might has greatly changed. Horses and swords were traded for airplanes and tanks and missiles. Kelly says that it, it takes... Um, you know, a, a violence of interpretation to the text to get uh, the military equipment spoken to mean anything but typical first century hardware. So I, I've just spent a, a short time here on on what um, we would call internal evidence for an earlier dating of the book of, of Revelation. It, it's important to note that this isn't the, the whole story or the whole case for an earlier date. I, I don't want to just get into a whole bunch of, of evidence and just get bogged down with, with all of this uh, internal and external evidence for a, a date either direction. I, I believe, um, I, I haven't been convinced, I guess, by a, by a later date. I, I'm convinced that the, the book was written uh, earlier. Um, I, I will say that uh, a later date is the predominant view today, but I, I'm not I'm not convinced by that. Uh, there there is a guy by the name of Kenneth Gentry, and he did his doctoral dissertation on dating the Book of Revelation. And his dissertation is found in, in book form. You can buy the book. Uh, his book's called uh, Before Jerusalem Fell, and it's considered the most uh, detailed examination of of this subject. Uh, the, inter the interesting thing about Gentry's work is that he lists over 130 very notable scholars that have uh, opted for an earlier date in the book and, and dating it before 70 AD. So uh, I, I, think it, I think it's reasonable. I, I think that uh, you're not going against uh, the, the grain of history, even though the, the predominant view today is... Uh, a later date and dating it after the destruction of Jerusalem. I, I think there's a lot of reasons and we can get into to that. We might do that later on, a, a why people opt for a, a later date. I think that would be an interesting discussion because I think there's some some interpretive reasons why people uh, choose that and it's not about the evidence. I think the evidence clearly points and I think Gentry does a, a wonderful job of pointing us to the evidence that suggests it was written before uh, the destruction of Jerusalem. And then a lot of the events in the book are written with the destruction of Jerusalem in mind, which really makes sense because then the people at the time that were reading this letter that John was actually writing to and had in his mind uh, were helped and encouraged by this letter. So um, thanks for listening to the Exploring Revelation podcast uh, today. I hope that you found uh, this uh, material helpful and engaging and we are on uh, apple podcasts i know uh, podbean you can find us there uh, we would love to, if you enjoyed this podcast we'd love to have you uh, give us a, a good review on on those sites if you have comments uh, like i said earlier you can head to our church website bethelmbchurch.org you can 
uh, click on the co uh, the connect uh, tab there, and you can you can send us a note there. You can email me at coolr at gmail dot com. Uh, love to hear from you. Love to hear your your questions. We'll definitely try to answer questions as they as they come up uh, and are related to these things. So if you have questions related to the the date or any other uh, issue that we've we've talked about, or, or maybe something that you think that uh, we need to talk about as we we start heading into the book, we'd love to to hear that. Uh, and so until next time, uh, take care. <laughs>